In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. It's Josephine, and I'm live from Washington, D.C. this morning. I'm excited to be a part of the Women and Philanthropy Forum, which is affiliated with George Washington University. And at today's luncheon, they will be announcing the winners of the Hot Mamas Project for 2009 to 2010 case study competition. And I am so excited. I am actually one of the top 25 um, finalists for my Glovies product. But anyway, since so many of you are probably wondering what this competition is all about, I just want to take a minute to explain it because it is right in line with the concept of paying it forward. It's all about women helping women. And it is run by an incredibly smart, caring woman, Catherine Corman Frey. So Kathy came up with the idea that a database should be created that chronicles the equations for success across a spectrum of highly successful women leaders. So lucky for me, so like I said, I got um, nominated as one of the top finalists. So I'm really excited and thrilled um, and really um, happy that Kathy is actually committed to be a guest on a future show. So before we get started, I have to tell my guests, and Brenda, you'll get a kick out of this, um, I have something funny to say about what happened to me last night. So here I am talking to Kathy And we were talking about my show, Paying It Forward, and I was explaining to her that she would be a great guest, and I would love to get her as well as Nell Merlino, which as many of you know, because I talk about Nell a lot, she's the CEO and founder of Count Me In, which is a resource that helps women to grow their micro-businesses into million-dollar, you know, enterprises. So the really funny thing is that um, we're sitting there talking and we got to talk to the other, you know, winners that will also be part of the luncheon today. And literally within five minutes, we're in Washington, D.C. I'm from New York. I lift my head up and who walks into the restaurant but Nell Merlino. And we were just talking about her. I got goosebumps and it was my perfect opportunity to introduce the two of them And I was just so, so excited. So these are two incredible women that pay it forward, and it's all about, you know, women helping other women. So I also thought I'd start my show off by um, saying thank you to two people who really helped me out this week by paying it forward. And that's um, Melissa O'Sullivan from Citibank, my banker. She just seems to know how to bring peace of mind to all of her customers, and she was able to get me all set so I could come 
to Washington knowing that all of my banking was properly taken care of. And I also wanted to thank the women at Ann Taylor in the Union Station location in Washington, D.C. They were just so excited and so thrilled. They, you know, put me together so nicely, and I wanted to thank them for paying it forward because they all went way beyond their call of duty. And, um, you know, it just makes me feel so special that people really just take that extra step sometimes, and you feel really special as a recipient to that. So with all that being said, I just want to say I am really excited to introduce my guest today. My guest is a famous author. She's a New York Times bestseller, and um, she's just got an incredible story. Our guest today is Brenda Novak, and Brenda, I want to first start off introducing you by saying thank you so much for getting up so early and being a part of our Paying It Forward show. So oh, morning, no Brenda. problem. <laughs> no problem. I get up early anyway with five kids and three books to write a year. I have to. <laughs> well, I'm just amazed that you're a mom of five kids and you're writing all of these incredible books and you juggle so much. And I'll tell you, Brenda, I am actually one of 11 children. Wow. And of all things, I married my husband, who's one of nine, and it's oh just, God. I can't tell you what an amazing childhood I had growing up around so many siblings, and nowadays, I equate five children to 11. Oh, and my gosh. Well, you know, it's about the same. I still, you know, I get the reaction <laughs> when I go into the grocery store with, you know, sort of the drop jaw, and people going, are they all yours? I'm like, yeah, all five of them. <laughs> That's so funny, and you look amazing, but uh, Brenda, we were just talking the other night, you know, I had all my family together and everything, and we were talking about a funny story that my father used to take us all out, probably to give my poor mother a break, and there we were, you know, all 11 of us would get into the Volkswagen van, and on the way home, somebody had noticed that we left my brother behind. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) So we ran back, it was safe on drugs. We ran back and my brother's standing there with the security guard and he had a big thing. Do you remember the Tootsie Roll Pops that they, <laughs> you know, the ones that come with like eight in a package? Uh-huh. One wasn't good enough. There were 11 of us and we were all fighting over the lollipops. But anyway, <laughs> that's my little history about that. But it's all about you now, Brenda. And um, I'm so interested in learning more about how you became an author, how You know, you never really thought you'd be a writer. You know, you also said you never had a creative bone in your body. No, no, I had never aspired to writing. Had somebody told me prior to my start that I would be a writer, I I probably would have laughed. I saw that as a great deal of work and not something I fancied myself particularly good at. And I was happy to play sort of a support role to my husband, who is an entrepreneur and has Mm -hmm. um, built several businesses. and, And I thought that that was the direction that I would go in. But I, I had a little bit of a shock, as you probably know from reading my bio. I um, yeah. caught my daycare provider drugging my children with cough syrup uh, to get them to sleep so that she could watch soaps uninterrupted while I was away uh, oh doing God. loans. And once I found the medicine in my baby's bottle, it, it, of course, really upset me. And I felt a great deal of guilt for leaving them vulnerable to this person. Uh, even though she was a good friend of our family, you know, came after hours and hung out for holidays and... I really trusted her, and it was a, it was a huge betrayal, and uh-huh. um, left a mark. I, I couldn't trust my children, or I couldn't trust other caregivers with my children because I didn't 
fully believed that they would take proper care after that point. So I had to quit my job and stay home with them myself, which is what I would have liked to have done in the beginning, but financially I needed to help out. So I was trying to figure out what can I do, um, you know, that, that's going to contribute. My husband was going through a dark time with his business. He had branched off to become a residential developer, and he had 30 homes in various stages of construction. And in his defense, they were all pre-sold, but the Sacramento area here went through a big dip in its real estate values um, right about that time, and all of our appraisals started coming in below our cost. So it was a very difficult decision. We either had to try and hang on to those properties until the market recovered, um, or we had to sell them at a loss, and we just didn't have the depth to hang on. So we were losing his business, which meant we were losing our house, and it, it was it was a dark time, uh, and we were definitely flailing about trying to figure out what we were going to do to save everything. And I was reading a good book at the time, and I had been contemplating possibly starting a typing business or, you know, where you do resumes, that type of thing at home. I knew the one skill that I possessed was that I was a really fast typist. So, um, I, <laughs> you know, I thought great. I'd go in that direction, but I thought, oh, that's going to be tough to try and, you know, set up that business too um, when you got little kids around and to have much dedicated time. But as I was reading this book, I just, I don't know, it sort of agitated my imagination and the idea popped into my mind, you know, maybe you can do this. And I have always loved to read, been a very eclectic reader, uh, mostly loved the the you know, tried and true, gone with the wind, Jane Eyre, all the classics I just loved and ate them up early, so to speak. I mean, I, I started when I was 10 years old with those books and just would go and hide under the dining room table so that my mother wouldn't interrupt me with chores <laughs> so that I could sit and read and um, really love to read. So that kind of probably, you know, created a good foundation for me at least. And so when I did decide to write, um, I once I started doing it, I knew that this was exactly what I was meant to find. It was sort of the silver lining to a dark period. Not that I would wish that to happen again for my children's sake, but um, it definitely right. put my feet on the right path, and, and I haven't looked back since. It's been a very fulfilling, gratifying occupation for me. Well, I love the idea that it's almost as if you were putting into a position, Brenda, where your life is going on. You never imagined that None of us would ever imagine that we'd ever enter a dark period. And then all of a sudden, it's as if there's a blackboard and somebody's writing your life out on the blackboard, and then you get into this position where, oh my gosh, you really don't know where your life is going, and somebody erases that blackboard. And it's almost like you start out with a fresh, clean canvas. Definitely, and definitely. Prior to that way, time. It's refreshing, and yeah. you get to rebuild yourself and... I think by going through those dark times, it makes you incredibly strong internally that it's going to be really hard to, you know, the chances of you getting back to where you were are probably a lot slimmer because now you're so much stronger. And I love the fact that you found your passion in life. Well, I think those stumbling blocks or those challenges can be stumbling blocks or stepping stones. And um, it's sort of, you know, an opportunity. Each new challenge is an opportunity to overcome. Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> you have right. to find a way to scale it. Um, but prior to that time, you're right. I mean, my life was had always gone very nicely the way I had expected. We, we were sort of the golden couple in that everything my husband touched turned to gold. We were 
successful, everything was great. And so to have this sudden reversal and have these two things sort of break down at once and bring everything to a screeching halt, it it was a, a good slap in the face, definitely. Yeah, but I'll tell you, Brenda, it's funny. With the economy the way it is, I live in an area that people have these big, huge houses, and guess what? All their husbands are going through the same thing where, you know what, everybody's just thinking very differently now. You know, the economy is the way it is, and even people going out to restaurants, you know what, everybody's thinking twice about doing that. And what is so refreshing to me is we tend to stay home and spend more time with the kids having dinner at home as opposed to going out. So it really is fun. But okay, with that, Brenda, we're going to take a quick break. And um, when we get back, I can't wait to hear more about your books. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Brenda. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toginet Radio. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Hi, everyone. It's Josephine, and we're back. So, Brenda Novak, who's a best-selling author, we were just talking about how she was getting into um, the idea about writing. And, you know, Brenda, I just wanted to mention years ago, I took this great writing course in Manhattan at mm-hmm. the New School. And I remember my teacher saying that the best writers are great readers. 
that you need to read a lot in order to be a good writer. And that's true. It's so, it's so funny that that's your, you know, you enjoyed reading probably your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then, which you did mention since you were young, and then to turn that into, to apply it to your writing skills is incredible. Yes, it's definitely something that's very important, and I think it's important to be widely read, you know, not just in one genre. I think it really helps you have a richer well to pull from. Yeah, I I think that's really, really great. So, okay, so Brenda, now, how do you go about writing a novel? Like, how does that just happen? Do you just start sitting down? Is it something that you thought about and said, oh, let me just play with it myself, or... Did you have a good friend? Did you have a mentor? How did that all work out? I had no one. That's kind of the bizarre part of it. I, I still marvel that I ever really came to this because I thought I was the only person in the world out doing that. And that other, well, I mean, obviously I knew there were others, but there was no internet um, like we know it today. It was just getting started. People were just starting to hook up. There was not the vast amount of research available. Um, and so it was something that was sort of a solitary pursuit. I remember having to, you know, beg my husband to come home for a few hours so that I could go to back state where I could do some in-depth research because I didn't have, like I said, the Internet to be able to do that with. Um, and I just started writing. I mean, I think that's, that's the best advice I could give anybody who wants to become a writer is to then write. You know, a lot of people want uh-huh. to prepare, 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 and then start to write. And I think you can definitely, you definitely need the preparation but I think that you can do it as you go along, and it's, it's sort of practice makes perfect. It's trial and error that really teaches at least personalities like mine. And so yeah. jumping into it and just trying to do it was something that um, I felt taught me quicker than if I had, you know, tried to do it the other way around where I went and, you know, found some college courses and prepared in that way. So I just really feel like, you know, jumping in is important, and that yeah, is what I, I did. I agree I, with you, Brenda. It's so so, so important through the creative process that you just take out that white piece of paper and you just let your creative juices flow and you don't worry about correct punctuation. You don't worry about anything. You just get it all down on paper. And it's funny, I was just listening to a great podcast yesterday and it was saying that, um, and I'm, I'm not in the office, so I believe the name of the website was idictate.com, but there are a lot of services out there that if you have an idea or you're writing a book or you could just call this telephone number and dictate it on the phone, they record it, and within hours, it's emailed directly to you. Wow, you know? I've never heard of that kind of a service. <laughs> yeah, so it's great because then you feel that, you know, you're not missing something. How often in the middle of the night do you think of something? Right. So you just pick up that phone on the side of the bed, say it, and the next thing you know, you have all your thoughts in the morning. But but I love that idea that you you are so right, and I agree with you. Just get it all down on paper. Don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about taking courses. Right. Turn off that internal editor, too, for the first part. And then, you know, of course, that'll kick in when you refine and polish, but... Like you say, you know, give yourself permission to get those ideas out there, and then you can build them and shape them. Um, unfortunately, I chose to start with writing historicals because my favorite book was Jane Eyre. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do something, you know, sort of in the vein of Jane Eyre. And so that added, you know, quite a bit of, of research time to the creation of the novel. And what, and I did sell that book to HarperCollins, um, but I was orphaned before it ever came out, which means my editor was let go. Uh, the publishing house merged with another big publishing house, and they were after their romance department, so their own editors and writers were sort of set free. So 
I, you know, and that was before my first book ever came out, so I could easily have been a one-book wonder, so to speak. But luckily, right. um, I had found a second publisher and had started writing contemporary novels, so I had planned to do both. And who knew, but my career just sort of segued and, and charged ahead in the contemporary field, and I only have that one historical out there. Yeah, it's so funny, Brenda. I'm, I am I wanted to say two things. Um, I am with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs the past couple of days, and it's amazing because I see a common thread, and I look at you as an entrepreneur, as somebody who, you know, writing books, you've got to sell your books, you're running your own business, you're marketing yourself. Well, and you're one of the few who really see that. That's amazing, because most people think writers just sort of turn in their manuscripts and the publisher does the rest. And in this market, in this day and age, that is definitely not true. You are a partner with your publisher all along yeah. in marketing and trying to get your name out there and building, you know, your website traffic and so forth. Oh, sure. You, you are your business, too. And mm-hmm. what I was going to say is that a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you know, even those who are really detail-oriented and write business plans, a lot of times it doesn't matter what you put in your business plan on day one. What happens is the business takes you on a ride, mm-hmm. n- not in reverse. And six months, a year later, years later, you turn around and you say, oh, my goodness, every single entrepreneur I've spoken to always say that their business or their project has gone a, down a different road. And really? I was recently quoted in an article and we were talking about business plans. And, you know, what I had said was that you have to be brave and be smart mm-hmm. enough to change course quickly if that's what your customers are telling you to do. That's and true. I love the fact that that's what you've done. And that has a tremendous amount to do with your success because you're giving your readers exactly what they want to read. And mm-hmm. so that's well, it's really that flexibility, wonderful. I think, that keeps you viable as the market changes. I think you're totally correct. Yeah, so I think that's really, really great. So, all right, so we have that down. And then, um, so tell us more. So how did you find your publisher? Like, how does, well, If we have listeners out there, how would they go about finding a publisher? Well, you know, publishers nowadays, they have merged and merged and merged until there's just not a whole lot out there. There used to be a lot more doors to knock on. So it is getting more difficult um, to get published, but there are still opportunities. And I would suggest joining with a good uh, writing group that, you know, like I've joined Romance Writers of America. Because remember when I told you I didn't know anybody else who was doing the same thing. I had no support in that area. But once somebody told me about this organization... I was five months pregnant with my fifth child, and I showed up at their <laughs> national convention and didn't know a soul. And were here, here were 2,000 women attempting to do the same thing that I was doing, and they were amazing. I mean, they knew it all. So it was like I had just plugged into the mother load of information, and it was like I had just finished my book, so it was perfect timing. And I thought, this is the other half of the equation. This is what I've been missing. And so through sharing information, um, being a, a group big enough to pull in agents and editors, through sponsoring a big contest that helps um, people with talent sort of set themselves apart. You know, they do a lot of good things for aspiring um, authors, and there are these groups in every genre. There's, you know, mystery writers and science fiction writers. And so my first piece of advice would be definitely join a, a writing group so that you can get this support. And then, you know, polish, 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 continue to study the market, see what publisher is publishing, which type of author, so that when you, you knock on that door, so to speak, with your query letter, 
you are hitting a warm door, somebody who's likely to like your work instead of somebody who's going to, you know, quickly reject it. Um, another opportunity is my online auction for diabetes research, um, which happens every May, May 1st through May 31st in honor of Mother's Day. Uh, my son has type 1, which is what got me involved in it. But what it offers that's so unusual from other fundraisers is opportunities to aspiring writers. I mean, we offer stuff for everybody, all kinds of goods and services and trips. And, but we have one section specifically for writers and some of the you know, most high-powered agents and editors in the business, a lot of them, have donated their time to take a look at aspiring authors' work and to give almost instant feedback. Some have agreed to get back within 24 hours. Many are you know, definitely shorter than if you submitted. Nowadays, if you submit your work to a publisher, it can languish in the slush pile for a year or longer, and then you may oh, wow. get read by some junior editor who may send you a form letter rejection <laughs> if you're yeah, lucky. Well- Brenda, you know what? It could be so discouraging for writers out there. And, you know, I encourage everybody, just like yourself, you just got to keep plugging away because it will happen if you believe it will happen. And I'll tell you, I just want to share a quick thing that one of my guests had recently said. You know, we're having this great interview a couple of weeks ago on Pay It Forward. And out of nowhere, she said something that I thought was brilliant. She said that every day... We, as mom entrepreneurs, we work on on our businesses, and we Mm -hmm. take all these baby steps. But Mm -hmm. she said it's all, you have to do a 100 baby steps, and you have to do them perfectly in order for that one really big success to click. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so brilliant because there are so many days, and maybe you have the same kind of days, Brenda, but I spend the day, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, doing Mm -hmm. my emails, you know, doing my daily, you know, social media and, of course, running my business. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I said, oh, my gosh, what did I do today? But it's it's refreshing to know that, you know, at the end of the day, it's all those small steps that Mm -hmm. truly do make you productive and successful. And in your case, Brenda, as a writer... I'm sure you feel the same way, that you can't beat yourself up. If you go out there and you write two pages today, don't beat yourself up because you know what? Maybe tomorrow you're going to write a chapter. You mm-hmm. never know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Of course, when you have deadlines, you, you have to make sure that you know that output is there. You can definitely have some days like that, but you can't have too, too many in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun, funny, Brenda. Well, I have to tell you, in January, I was lucky enough to have um, Catherine Ryan Hyde, who is the famous author who wrote the book, Pay It Forward. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like in seclusion writing all of these famous books. Uh And um, it's so funny, like you said, you know, she just feels like, you know, you've got to be by yourself in order for those creative juices to flow. And um, you got to do what you got to do, especially if you've got deadlines. Yeah, definitely. So that's great, Brenda. So we're coming up to a break in just a few seconds now. And I'm so interested in knowing, well, we know your son has diabetes. And I just love the fact that you're not one of those people that something happens to you and you just don't do anything about it. So I want to talk more about how you got involved with that. So we'll be back shortly. Thanks, Brenda. Oh, 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 
right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer. Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, we're back with Paying It Forward today, and um, we have Brendan Novak, a selling author, um, on the line with us today. And Brenda, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell um, our listeners a little more about your great books that are ready to come out. And also, please mention how somebody might be able to get in touch with you. Yes, well, it's easy to get in touch with me. My website is brendanovac.com, which is chock full of information on who I am and what I do. Um, and the books that are coming out this summer are a brand new trilogy. Um, they're, they're about they're called White Heat, Body Heat, and Killer Heat. So they're romantic suspense. There's some suspense running through there, and they're basically about um, a private security company that does some local work, going undercover um, on a contract basis. And there is a cult that has set up shop in a place called Paradise, Arizona, which is actually a real place. It's a ghost town now, but of course, in my fictional story, um, this this cult has taken over the town because it's somewhat remote, and they can do what they want to do without the you know, eyes of the rest of the world on them. But there are some alarming uh, bits of information that are coming out of this place. And so uh, the cult leader's father, who is a very wealthy man, is becoming concerned, and he has hired Department 6 to go in and see what's going on. So things become a little dicey as they um, sort of infiltrate this cult and are left somewhat at their mercy as they try to figure out if people are being hurt and, and what's going on. Oh, it sounds so great. I'm going to have to get that, Brenda. <laughs> yeah, it's, a fun, it's definitely a fun story. That sounds great. So, all right. Is there anything else you'd like to say about your books before we shift gears and talk more about your foundation? Uh, no, except that, I, I well, I guess I, I would like to say that I'm going to have a cyber launch party, and everybody's invited. They will all receive raffle tickets for some free iPads that we'll be giving away and lots of other prizes, and there will be registration for the party 
on my um, website, and anybody who registers will get this advanced party pack with a dollar off of my next book, White Heat, and some other goodies in there. Oh, that's great. So, Brenda, before we switch gears, I do want to say something. So when I was on your website, I thought it was great how, um, I don't know, are you doing your marketing or is your publisher doing the marketing? But I love the fact that you give away certain things with your book. Yeah. And I just think that was really, really a great idea as far as marketing goes. Yeah. Well, you know, if you, as many samples as you can get out there, I think sample marketing is probably the smartest. Um, I know that that's what I, how I buy and choose my products. If, you know, say it's a food product at Costco or whatever, I think that that's great because I get to sample it and that's what sells me. And so I try and do the same thing with my books. So I often give away autographed books. As a matter of fact, anybody who um, registers for my online auction and says that they heard about it from paying it forward will get a free autographed copy of um, one of my books, which I will mail to them for absolutely oh. free. So, Oh, thank uh, you definitely. for doing that, Brenda. That's great. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will take you up on that. Wonderful. Yeah, so that sounds great. Okay, with that, Brenda, we'll switch gears, and let's talk more about the foundation now. How did you get involved in it? And well, um, I just love the fact that, you know, your son has diabetes. It's a really tough thing to go through when any when anything happens to your child. And, I mean, I just admire the fact that here you are. I can just imagine how busy your household is. You've got a lot going on. You probably had lots of doctor's appointments with your child, even just to get him diagnosed. And there you go. And you say, you know what, I'm not sitting down, and I'm not going to let this um, disease really hit somebody else. If I can do anything to help prevent it, another mom... From going through what you went through, you know, there you are. And you've dedicated your time and you've raised an unbelievable amount of money. I cannot believe you've raised, to date, is it $750,000? Yeah, yeah, over three quarters of a million so far. And, and you know, when I, when I got the idea to do this, when, when my son was diagnosed, he was only five years old. And um, it was a hard thing because I had heard a lot about diabetes. And because diabetes is so common, I feel like people have become very complacent with it. It's, it's, I even had one gal friend of mine say, oh, he'll be fine. Just give him insulin. And I mean, obviously <laughs> that shows, oh my. you know, a huge amount of ignorance as far as what this disease is and what it can do. And as I studied it more and found out that it's the fifth deadliest killer and that it destroys your heart, your kidneys, well, every organ of your body, um, even those people who do their best to have control suffer some of uh, some terrible, terrible side effects. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's something that I definitely didn't want to see my son suffer, and it made me aware of a wider problem that I, too, had been complacent about, thinking, oh, diabetes, you know, eat better. There's also that that misconception. People will tell me, oh, you know, you can solve that if you just improve his eating habits. Or here, you know, this latest multi-level marketing idea, if you give him this juice, it will cure diabetes. Well, you know, obviously they don't understand that there are two types of diabetes, and type 1 is insulin dependent, and there's no way I can take that insulin away. It would kill him. So even if I fed him perfectly, which, you know, we try and do the best we can there, we're not perfect, it's, it can help him control his numbers, but it cannot cure the disease. Therefore, right now there is no cure. So that's what we're fighting for. And when I first got the idea to do this, I wanted to use the success I had built in my career to sort of, um, to well, pay it forward <laughs> as your, as that's your great. Yeah. program is named. And I wanted to be able to use that to do some good and to make a difference. And so I thought it would be a great jumping off point. I, ha- I knew a lot of other authors because I had been in this industry and I knew a lot of people in publishing and I felt 
that if we could all join together um, in sort of a grassroots effort, we could make a big difference. And, I mean, I cannot praise the writing industry enough. These people are the most generous souls in the world. Very few people have told me no when approached to participate in my auction, which I think is why it has grown so fast. The first year we only raised about 34000 That was six years ago. But it was enough to tell me, it was sort of a test market, and it was enough to tell me that this idea works. And so I went back to work and built it bigger the next year, and it doubled, and I built it bigger the next year, and it doubled, and then it doubled again. So, I'm, you know, last year we didn't double, but we did set a new record, and I think the economy, you know, was largely to blame for oh, why it sure. didn't grow even more. We were lucky to do what we had done. A lot of charities and, and fundraisers are sort of suffering right now because, oh, as you were hurting, mentioning earlier. I feel so bad about it. You know, even the American Cancer Society, you yeah. know, they're really, really having a tough time. And, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to do if the economy is the way it is and families just have a certain amount of money coming in? You know what? They're more concerned about taking care of the necessities in life now. Right. But hopefully that'll all change really, really soon and we can all go back to doing all of our big stuff again, you know. I hope so, but you know, I, I kinda of built my auction on a little bit of a different principle. It's not about just giving, which is nice. P- public dirt virtue is amazing. But what I've tried to do is make it so that everybody who participates comes away with something that makes it worth their time. So it's a symbiotic type of thing where you know, I'm trying to use a little bit of self interest, if you will, to generate what I need to have happen. And, and what I mean by that is anybody who goes to the auction, they get something for their money. And sometimes they may get something at a really great price, or they might get an opportunity, as I mentioned before, that you cannot get anywhere else um, that would really launch their career in a different direction. So I try and put something in it for them so that it isn't just a burden, if that makes sense. You know, so oh, it's yeah, not that me sounds out there. great. But tell us a little more, Brenda. So exactly how does the auction occur? Is it all online? Is it, it is. It's just like eBay, except it's at my website um, with, okay. with a different type of software, but it's run very similarly. Um, it's, you, do, you can go there and register now. It doesn't start until May 1st, so everything is just in preview mode. So you'll okay. just look through on your screen, you know, 2,200 items or as many as you want to take in, and you can set up your wish list. And then when it goes live... Um, there's bidding all month long. We have prizes for the person who places the most bids per week. The first one is an iPad and an autographed copy of my book before it comes out. So it's called an advanced reading copy. Um, and have, you know, drawing prizes every day for anybody who's bid. We just try and make it really fun so it's a big party. And each day we also have um, one-day auctions. So some things will actually go up for bid, you know, that particular day and then also close the same day. So it's a little bit of a different section. So there's something happening all the time, and it is, it's a big community. You know, we're all, we've sure. become friends because we're all in this together trying to make a difference, and I couldn't do it without all these other people. It's, it's really these relationships and this networking that drives it. And this year should be the year that we break one million. So we have a huge goal, and if we do anything close to what we've done the past two years, we will definitely do that. Um, so I'm just super excited, and I'm very grateful to all the people who have donated amazing items. Um, many big-name authors have donated. You know, Nora Roberts has donated to stay in her inn, and Aww. Catherine Coulter has donated lunch with her, and Diana Gabaldon has donated lunch with her, and some, some really big-name authors are giving of their time or their guest house or whatever it is that they've yeah. donated to help make this happen. Oh, that's wonderful, Brenda. I love the fact that all of the, every single person that you just mentioned 
Every single person that's giving you an item, 2,200 items for your auction, every single person is paying it forward. And it has to just warm their heart. But you, as a person who really started this, you know, you must just feel so proud. And Well, I I feel very grateful. I I do. I feel very grateful. And, And sometimes I, you know, when this thing really took off, I just, I remember sitting and staring at the screen just amazed at the ending of one auction where I was watching the figures as people bidded, trying to win, as they bid, trying to win right. these items right at the last. And I, I remember yelling over to my husband, and I was so excited. I said, oh, my gosh, Ted, I think this software must be broken because <laughs> <laughs> the numbers were just going up so fast. And, I mean, it just brought me to tears. Um, and, and when I talk about it, it does do that because it's something that's that close to my heart. And the people that get involved in it are the absolute best. I have just met some wonderful, wonderful people. I just got goosebumps while you were saying that because, Brenda, it's funny how you have such a passion for this as well. And this foundation, I mean, I started foundation years ago myself. And the thing is, it really is running a business as well. So you're not only an entrepreneur because you're a writer, that you're an entrepreneur because you're running a foundation. Right, so. right. It's like having two full-time jobs. If I'm not working one, <laughs> I'm definitely working the other, and they're both year-round pursuits. Yeah, and it's really difficult. But you know what, Brenda? It's so important, like you said. I think the most important thing is you have to create a dream team around you mm-hmm. that you can rely on these people, and it's the team together that works together that brings in everything that makes it the success. And yeah. um, I think well, that's this great. Year I, I have an assistant who has really been instrumental in helping me get all of the sort of clerical side done before I used to do even that by myself. So, you know, come close to May, I was just, I was working you know, 24 hours a day, it seemed like, um, trying to pull this thing off. And now it's, it's great that I've been able to, you know, I actually, before that, I was doing it as a third-party fundraiser And so I had to cover all the expenses out of my own pocket as well as put in all the work. And then I would donate all the proceeds. And then just last year, it just grew too big. I could not um, continue to afford the expenses that, you know, for the software and the advertising and everything that was going on just by myself. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to continue to run this, it has to at least carry itself, not time-wise, obviously, I donate all my time, but the hard costs. And so I went ahead and formed, you know, the actual charity and that enabled me to hire one employee who oh, that's um, great. helps me But that's out. what yeah. you have to do sometimes, Brenda. Sometimes you have to almost get bigger to, to even become bigger, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to oh, take definitely. those steps that really make it real. And mm-hmm. then you, you really take it to another, another level. And that's what you did. But we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with that last segment of Paying It Forward. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap, and the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great 
great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet Wednesdays at noon central time starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online too at celebrategreen.net and greenhalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to celebrate green. The radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. As we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Here we go. We are on our last segment of Paying It Forward with Brenda Novak. So, Brenda, I thought we would start our last segment by um, telling the listeners a little more about the foundation and um, how... Our listeners can help pay it forward and help you out a little with your diabetes research. Okay. Well, this year the um, we are supporting the DRI, which is the Diabetes Research Institute at the University of Miami. And this is a place that I went and toured last summer because I wanted to make sure that our money went to what I really believed would make the mo- you know do the most good. And I got to meet with um, the scientists over there and actually see each of their projects and how excited they were and how hopeful they were. And it was, it was just fabulous. I, I'm convinced that the money is definitely going where it should go. Um, so the money that is raised will go to the DRI so people can learn more about them by going online and, you know, Googling for that. Um, and they have a bunch of information on different things that they're working on. Um, there are a lot of ways that people can help me pay it forward. And I, I hear from a lot of people saying, oh, I'd love to give to that. You know, I just don't have money. I've lost my job. Well, it, it doesn't take money. There are other things that people can do to get involved. One is to ask friends and family who may have a certain uh, business or, or something to get involved that maybe get other people to donate. They could download um, flyers that advertise the auction right from my website and give them out at work or to their friends. Um, there are, you know, uh, a I, my idea is to have people, instead of buying gifts maybe elsewhere, not spend more money but, but spend the same amount, just buy it on the auction so that the money is also going to a good cause. Um, that's another way to pay it forward without it, it really costing any money. Um, there are banners that people can download from my website and put up on their various websites um, that will also help me spread the word. Um, so there, there's just so many ways to get involved. and. You know, people can just email me right through the website if they're interested. There's a form there. If they have something they want to donate, it's not too late. They can 
put it up there. We had over 20,000 unique visitors last year, 450,000 page hits. So it's a great way for companies to be able to advertise, um, and so they get something out of it too. Uh, you know, so because everybody has an advertising budget, needs to get their name out there, and this is definitely one way to do it. Uh, so there's just there's a myriad of ways to get involved, and I'm I'm just grateful for the, any help anybody wants to give. Oh, that's great, Brenda. I'm sure you'll get lots of people, you know, dialing into you and um, or contacting you through your website um, to help out because I have to tell you, diabetes just affects so many people. I mean. How many, how many people know somebody who has it? It's almost just... everybody. Yeah, almost everybody. I just heard a statistic not too long ago that said going unchecked because the incidence is occurring so much more often that, you know, over half the population could have diabetes in, I can't remember what it was, like 20 years or something. And it was just, it was just a staggering statistic. And I don't know if, if it was just some projection that, that they don't know for sure, but when yeah. I read that, I went, wow, this is a problem that we really have to get a hold of. This is the disease that isn't a mystery. We know what, what diabetes is, and we know what needs to happen in order to cure it. And we have scientists who are working hard on that, and some of them are getting very close. So I'm hopeful that this disease will be one that we find a cure for in the very near future. Oh, wow. I, I just... I come from a family, my mom has diabetes, so it really, really does affect me personally, Brenda, because I'm just so worried that, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter how much I do as -hmm. far as diet or exercise, is it really going to happen to me? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of scary. It is. It is. And and it's a real challenge. And, you know, my son deals with the constant fluctuations of his blood sugar. He's in... um, He's 13 now, so he's a teenager, and that gets to be a really difficult time because emotionally they sort of go through this denial where they don't want to deal with having the disease, and as long as they feel okay, they will avoid testing and, and even messing with insulin and so forth. So it can be you know, life-threatening for them to take it that cavalierly, and yet when you've had it for eight years and you just want to be a normal boy, you know, it's easy to see how somebody might approach it that way. And, and it's a constant concern, you know, as a parent dealing with a child who has diabetes to keep them on top of it. And it's not something you can control as they get older and start going on their own. You're, you're wanting them to take, you know, more, more care. And they're thinking, I'm fine, I'm fine, leave me alone. I, I've got it. I'm, you know, all you ever do is ask me if I've tested. So it's a real challenge um, to deal with this. And, and it can be very dangerous. We don't have the funding in schools anymore to have nurses at least not here in California. So, you know, uh-huh. my son, since he was five years old, has been pretty much on his own. He couldn't go on his sixth-grade week-long field trip because there was no nurse, and they couldn't take a diabetic um, without some sort of help in case there was an emergency. Oh, gosh, how so, sad you know, is it that, impacts Brenda? every aspect how, of your life. How sad is that? You know, I feel so bad for your son to have gone through that because that has to affect a child. Yeah, you I know, think going it does. Forward. I think it does. But he's, yes. he's a brave kid, you know, he handles it pretty well overall. He just, he worries me that he doesn't take a little more care. He's one of those larger-than-life characters, and he thinks <laughs> he's got it until it lays him low, and then all of a sudden it sort of reminds him who's really in control. <laughs> sure. You know. But Brenda, how did you know that he had diabetes? His symptoms came on so strong, it, they were unmistakable. We, I couldn't drive him from school to home which was five minutes away, without him pleading with me to stop the car so he could get a drink somewhere. That's how thirsty he was. Um, he started getting up in the night trying to make it to the bathroom. He, and I've, I've been lucky in that I've never had any bedwetters, and yet he wet the bed for the first time, I remember, um, because he couldn't. He was so deeply asleep, he wasn't, and he wasn't used to getting up. 
Um, okay. So these things, you know, we went we went and took the kids out on the shooting range just for fun. We were target shooting some guns, and I had brought Kool-Aid, which is odd because I've never really been a Kool-Aid kind of mom anyway, but I must have had right. this in the cupboard and, and done it, and, and he was so thirsty, and the more Kool-Aid I gave him, the worse it got, and I knew right then within, you know, a week or so. What's interesting that a lot of people don't know is diabetes is often, there's usually a trigger type for type 1 that sets it off, and there definitely was in my son's case. He got a virulent flu that just laid him low for like four days, and it was mm-hmm. right after that that these symptoms set in. So it was as if this virus hit, his body tried to fight it off, and turned on his own immune system instead, killed the beta cells in his pancreas that were, you know, secreting his insulin, and then we had uh, a, a much bigger problem. Um, and then, you know, it was interesting because his pediatrician, he had an appointment in a couple of weeks, and, and the receptionist there, I called her and said, he's got these symptoms, I've looked him up on the Internet, I think it's serious, and he has diabetes. She says, well, you have an appointment in two weeks. Oh, I said, gosh. Excuse me, it says on the Internet that this could be life-threatening, and she was so rude. So I called my old pediatrician in tears. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with my kid. Oh. You see him, and they said, yes, bring him in. So I brought him in, and I mean, within 10 minutes, they knew, they sent him down to the emergency room because all he had to do was, you know, test his urine, and uh, they knew that there was a, a serious problem. So we went down, and that's when we learned, you know, I was somebody who was afraid of shots, and yet they're handing me needles saying, okay, you just got to give him a shot every time he eats something. <laughs> oh, my I'm gosh, like, Brenda, oh my I gosh. give you a lot of credit because I'm also still at, at my age petrified of shots. So. Yeah. And to it do it to your child, you oh, my so gosh, crazy. I just can't even imagine. But yeah. I hope it gets easier as, you know, you do it. Yeah, I think that you do get used to it for sure. But I mean, it was interesting because nobody wanted to have, you know, my son come over and play if he's packing a bunch of needles, you know. <laughs> you oh, want sure. somebody showing up with a bunch of hypodermic needles. <laughs> so it, it, there are definitely some challenges involved, and, and I don't want to see any other kid have to deal with it. So we're going to keep fighting till, till we can take care of this problem. Oh, I think that's just beautiful. The way that, you know, I have goosebumps just the way that you're paying it forward now to help other moms out there try to, you know, keep abreast of possible signs that, Mm -hmm. you know, I never knew that if a child's really thirsty that that's something to be alarmed about. Oh, definitely. And that's why it can go undetected is sometimes that thirst doesn't come on quite as strong. With my son, it was unmistakable, and he's a very vocal person, but if he were like my older son, he may not have mentioned that. And made it quite as obvious. He would have, you know, just sort of suffered along. And a lot of damage can happen when, obviously, it's not being taken care of. So definitely keep an eye on your kids if they're, you know, just drinking inordinate amounts and it's going through them. You know, my son had to go to the bathroom so often, and it wasn't like within an infection where you feel the desire, but there's really not a whole lot of, you know, anything really coming out. It was, you know, going through him because his body was trying so hard to get its its sugar levels down on its own. And so... It was struggling and, and couldn't do it, but these were definite symptoms that, that you need to keep an eye out on. Oh, wow. So that's great, Brenda. And I love the fact that you're such an advocate for your son that as moms, I'll tell you, we have that instinct. And don't take no for an answer, especially when it comes to the receptionist, you know. And even with your doctor, if you second, if you have that little gut feeling inside of you that, you know what, I'm not really sure I agree with this doctor, don't hesitate. Go out immediately and get a second opinion. It's just so, so important to do that because, you know, you're doing it for your kids. Right. You've got to follow that intuition. Yeah. So I think it's super, super important. So 
I wish you all the best of luck with your son. I hope that, um, is it something that he can be cured from? Um, well, if they find a cure, yeah, that's, that's what yeah. we're hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's still young enough, so hopefully he'll be part of one of those first people, which would be amazing. It would be fabulous. So, Brenda, you have so many exciting things happening in your life. You've got, you know, your new books coming out, which is great. And Mm -hmm. your auction, once again, is May 1st through May 31st. So we want to make sure we send lots of people to your website. Your website, again, Brenda, is just brendanovak.com. Right, N-O-V-A-K. Okay, that's great. And um, we have a lot going on then. Yes, it's it's been a busy decade or so. <laughs> yeah. So, Brenda, tell us, we're just getting ready to wrap up our show now. Tell me what is the number one paying it forward act that you feel you, I, I just can tell from speaking to you, is that you probably don't get credit for everything you've done. But I'm sure there's just one thing that you feel like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for doing and for paying it forward. So we have one minute left, Brenda, so I'd love for you to be able to get that in. Uh, Well, I guess it would be the creation of my auction. You know, when I I went to a uh, fundraiser for the school, and it was a silent auction, and as I walked around there, you know, I thought the people who have donated items here are not getting the PR value that that they are in it for. The school wasn't raising the money that it had hoped to raise because you have to get so many people in one physical location, and that's really what gave me the idea. I thought there's got to be an easier way where you don't have to get so many people in one location and you don't have to feed them, and all of a sudden the light went on, and I thought, I've already got all this traffic going to my website, and these are, are people who, who love what I write and, and are supportive of me. And so I thought, you know, this is something that I can utilize for good. And so I think that when the light bulb went on that day, that was, that was a great blessing to me and to my family. Well, I think it's wonderful, Brenda, and we're just wrapping up, but I want to wish you all the luck. I hope this is going to be your million-dollar year. I hope so. Thank you. Thanks for being our guest, Brenda, and good luck with everything. You bet. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments,